0: Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, uh, and I'm joined by my colleague today, Jason Durden, Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management, who's going to be talking to us about what has been going on in the markets. Well, Jason, it's been a busy time. Uh, Where do you start?
1: I I suppose you start with... um What's very much in the news at the moment is a very distressed, prompt price, uh, something that we really haven't seen in the modern sort of era um, and certainly um, for sustained periods where really the the price of gas and uh, to a certain
0: extent power for the rest of this summer is very distressed levels really. Indeed. And we've seen this in other commodity markets, of course, notoriously. The, uh, oil, the spot price for, for oil went, uh, went negative briefly uh, a few weeks ago. And we've had recent negative prices in the wholesale power market as well. What, what does that say? Is, is this because basically demand is so suppressed or is there more to it than that?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a multitude of things going on. I mean, clearly, I mean, we came into this demand shop being generally oversupplied. And I think that is the that's the bedrock, that's the starting point. And then if you take 15 to 20% out of demand on top of that, we should say that gas demand down around 15%, power demand at the peak of the lockdowns down around, depending on market, 10 to 20%. Energy is fairly robust. I mean, the way we're using it and where we're using it may change, but really those aren't massive. I mean, they're they're significant changes, but they're not complete shutdown type changes. But I think you have to consider that these markets were already very well supplied. We had, uh, you know, a very discounted Q1 in gas and power markets across Europe, full stop. And this has
0: just compounded
1: it even further.
0: Indeed. And what should one read into the volatility and the spreads in the market? How, how, I mean, the prices are obviously real in one sense. How real are they in another? And from the point of view of, uh, you know, business users uh, contracted for energy, is this feeding through into their bills? What can they expect in, in, in the future, uh, assuming that there's a, there's a rally in demand later in the year?
1: The benefits really are for those that are managing very short term exposure. So, if you take your gas and power requirement through to close to delivery, normally large production loads, or you are typically buying on the spot, you're clearly seeing the benefit of these very distressed prices. The market changes very quickly once you add some time premium into this, and that's compounded by a dearth of uh, activity and volume. I mean, uh, The power curve is, uh, in the UK particularly, is uh, very, very illiquid at the moment. I mean, uh, arguably not really a functioning market. Uh, And the gas market, you know, seasonal volumes are trading incredibly lightly past really the first season. Uh, People don't really know where to to price it, I suppose. And um, we know from the beast from the east back in 2008 that the market really is passing risk To the end user and saying, well, you know, we're not going to really smash the curve because we think that prices at the short end are um, are are distressed in a in a short term short term and short time
0: frame. And in terms of the power market specifically, um, the sort of issue of liquidity and spreads and so on. Uh, do you think this is an, an indication that there's something, you know, structurally amiss in, in the market? Are there regulatory issues here that Ofgem ought to be concerned about in particular?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Ofgem will be reviewing their decision to remove the, the market maker facility that was on the, uh, the power curve where we had two one hour trading windows where participants would put up prices in fixed spreads for up to, um, uh, as I say, for two hours a day, which meant that, you know, the retail market could actually access prices across the curve. Um, That was withdrawn, um, probably not without good reason. Um, When obviously Empower and Eon uh, became one, it was really being propped up by sort of uh, SSE and um, uh, an edf in terms of uh you know who was uh who was active in the market so i can see it from that point of view but from the end users point of view now what we're seeing is During Q1, when the market was fairly normalised, we were seeing liquidity at least as good as we would normally in the window. So that was a positive sign. But of course, as this has unfolded, the lack of uh, appetite has really become the dominant thing in the curve. And uh, I say we haven't seen... There may be some OTC telephone exchanges going on at the moment, but we haven't actually seen a seasonal contracting power mark this morning. We've seen... And in terms of two-way prices and spreads, you know, spreads are often a pound wide, um, making it almost impossible to actively participate in, uh, in in the UK power season. I mean, I'm not quite sure what the solution is, but certainly an exchange-based solution such as the ones that are used across Europe uh, has to be long-term on the agenda or the market will just
0: die. An interesting point to which we will doubtless return at some point in the future. But right now, I guess there's something of a dilemma for the regulator and the government and so on. Uh, just as the rest of the economy has been suffering, so too of energy producers, generators and, of course, suppliers. So it's not a straightforward situation of trying to restore or put back obligations on suppliers at, at a state where they, where they would find that very difficult to accommodate. You know, how, how worried should we be about um, the state of, you know, the financial state of the energy industry itself?
1: Massively. I mean, this is a very, very, very low margin environment.
0: These guys earn money on very,
1: on huge volume, basically. And, um, you know, to say it's very capital intensive. We're moving into a period where everything has changed, you know, in terms of renewable, in terms of coal and uh, another dash for gas, if you like. Um, The landscape is moving, I mean, we saw that with negative power prices over the weekend in the UK. You know, where you get stilted demand and you get an abundance of uh, wind and solar all at the same time, Um, you know, just there there isn't a need for traditional power um, in terms of fossil fuel or nuclear. Um, And obviously, as we know, nuclear is very difficult to adjust quickly. So uh, we're seeing subtle changes that perhaps have been visible in places like Germany for a couple of years now, or maybe maybe a little longer than that. But it's very sort of technology and development intensive and that costs money. And, uh, you know, that's why we've seen the huge shift away from commodity input into bills Uh, being removed and uh, replaced largely by uh, policy costs and, um, you know, sort of taxes effectively. Um, We're now at a point where, you know, when I first started doing this 15 years ago, 80% of the bill for large power customers was the energy itself. Now it's probably less than 40, certainly about 35% for a majority of users.
0: Well, that's a big change and I imagine that that may continue in that direction for a while because uh, what we've read recently, you know, a national grid electricity system operator has, has asked for additional powers to keep the, the system balanced during this low demand period as we go into the summer, uh, contracts for turning down uh, nuclear and so on from EDF and um, powers to take uh, some of the distributed renewable generation off the system. Of course, we want all that low carbon power in the long run, uh, but in the short term, we We've got to keep the lights on. And the, the balancing costs of that are quite considerable. And presumably, that's going to find its way onto consumer bills in due course.
1: Yeah, of course, through various auctions and capacity mechanisms and all the rest of it, and probably a whole uh, raft of uh, perhaps new charges and new structures that uh, I suppose this summer and this, these events will um, will flush out over due course. But yeah, I mean, it's a rapidly changing environment. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I think that just needs investment and costs money.
0: Quite. But in the short term and using what crystal ball you have, what comments could you make about um, tentative signs of a recovery? Is it too early to, to say what might happen as, uh, as the UK and our neighbours start easing their way out of lockdown? Is there, is there any prospect of demand returning to something like normal levels? Is it frankly yeah. too early to say?
1: I think the, the, the basis here and where I almost came in was that we started before this demand shock Uh, and these um, incredible times we're living through we started with a with with an oversupply situation that can be seen in oil but certainly i'm specifically talking about gas and power here and that is fundamentally what still is the basis of you know long-term price direction as i said 15 to 20 percent dense in power demand and gas demand uh, that we've seen so far going through this sort of summer season from april onwards Yes, that's important. Yes, that is taking its toll, Um, but that will bounce back relatively quickly. I think it's important to understand the wider context as well. If we are in this huge deep recession, which we all seem to think is coming and uh, it certainly seems to be the uh, the considered view, um, then we can't expect demand to jump straight back to where it was you know the the last sort of big recession we have and i wouldn't compare the two but if we go back to 2007 8 we were into the mid 2020s before we saw sort of certain fuels recover in terms of demand Outstripping. I mean oil demand for a start took years to come back so I think we, we now have to start looking at yes there will be a bounce, there will be a normal. I think the focus should really be on supply and you know if, if supply still keeps coming at the rate it is then soft energy pro- or fossil fuel energy prices are, are,
0: are here for um, for a while. Well, I think that's an interesting point and a hugely important one on which to conclude. It sounds to me from your comments that the, uh, the demand shock has some way to go, to put it mildly, perhaps also challenging times for, for risk management as well. Well, Jason, thank you ever so much for your insights as ever. I hope that's useful to those who are listening. If you'd like to find out more, please visit alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK for further information and for our reports. And we hope you're able to join us for another Alpha podcast soon.